Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. This episode is sponsored by italki, a super convenient and flexible way to get one-to-one lessons to improve your English as quickly and effectively as possible. Um, Are you looking for a one-to-one teacher? Would you like to take English lessons on Skype whenever and wherever you want? Well, look no further because italki is the solution for you. And remember that italki are offering all of you a discount voucher worth $10 when you buy some lessons, check out teacherluke.co.uk slash talk for all the information. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Ladies and gentlemen of planet Earth, welcome to... Another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Hello there. Welcome, all of you, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world. It's time for a new episode. Let's get started. Okay, then. I'm currently sitting in a chair. Wow, exciting stuff. Who Are you sitting in a chair too? Excellent. Big shout out to those of the, those of you out there who are sitting in a chair right now. Nice one. It's good, isn't it? Feels good, doesn't it? Does feel good when you're sitting in a chair, especially if it's a comfortable chair. Because there are good chairs and bad chairs. I think we can all agree. Good chairs are those ones that uh, have been designed properly and assembled properly. You know, there's nothing like a good chair, is there? The way it supports your back, the way it takes the pressure off those legs of yours. It's a wonderful thing. It really is. Some people have won awards for designing chairs, you know? There have been people in the past who've done that job so well that they've been rewarded for it. Um, and, And rightly so, because it's important. It's an important item, the chair. Why are you going on about chairs, Luke? No reason. No reason, really other than the fact that I'm sitting in one and uh, I'm enjoying it. I'm just saying, if there's anyone else out there who's sitting in a chair right now, then good for you. It's good. You're part of a an exclusive club of chair sitters uh, on the podcast. Then again, there, there'll be those of you who are not sitting in a chair. You might be standing. Ugh. God, I don't envy you. Why are you standing up? What's all that about? I suppose you, you've got a good reason for doing that right? I imagine you've got a good reason for standing up, because you wouldn't just choose to stand there, right, for no reason. That's a bit weird, especially when everyone else is sitting down. We're all sitting down, and you're just standing there. Can you sit down, please? You're making me nervous. Um, I imagine if you are standing up that you've got a good reason for doing it, um, and you're not just, I don't know, you're just lost or something, just standing, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to sit. I'll just stand here in the corner and just make everyone feel really nervous and weird. 
No, that's not you. No, of course not. You wouldn't do that. No, you wouldn't. Of course, you're, if you are standing, you've got a damn good reason for it, right? You're probably thinking, I don't just stand for, for nothing, Luke. I don't just stand because I don't know where what else to do with myself. No, I've got a, a bloody good reason for standing up. Um, you're probably, if you are standing, you're probably standing on a train or a bus, right? Either that or you're standing on a street corner just looking cool. Just standing there on the street corner, smoking a cigarette maybe, just watching the world go by. You might be wearing a hat and sunglasses. You're just standing there. Maybe a, you know, a beautiful lady walks past and you wish her a good day and, you know, sort of um, tap, you know, take off your hat maybe and, and greet, greet the lady um, as she walks past. Be aware, though, if you are listening to this podcast while you're doing that, that um, don't speak too loudly, especially if you've got headphones on. You know the way that people do that when they've got headphones on? I do it all the time. I've got headphones on, especially if they are those noise-canceling headphones. And when I speak, I sort of start shouting like that. Don't do that. Um, Because especially if you're trying to be charming to a passing uh, person, lady or gentleman, I don't know what your preference is, but if you're trying to be charming to a passerby and, uh, good morning, you know, that's just going to be a bit um, aggressive sounding. So anyway... Um, shout out to those of you who are standing up right now. Well done. Respect to you because um, not everyone can sit down. There has to be there have to be some people on their feet. Okay. All right. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm rambling, and uh, some of you are thinking, "What on earth are you talking about, Lou? Standing up and sitting down." I don't forget. Also, there are there are people who are sort of in transit as well. People who are walking. Does that count as standing? If you're walking, if you're walking down the road, does that count as standing? I mean, I know you're on your feet, but you're technically not standing. You're walking, aren't you? There's a difference. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. All I want to say is that you're all welcome, no matter where you are and what you happen to be doing at this moment in time. Here's a new episode of Luke's English Podcast. It's been a while since I rambled on about absolute nonsense right at the beginning of an episode. It's been a while used to do this a lot more, but um, I don't know what, I'm just sort of uh, being a little undisciplined here. Anyway, here is a rambly episode with some news from the UK. So here are some things I'm going to talk about in a very general sense. Uh, I will talk about some news from the UK a little bit, so a little bit of Brexit probably and some other stuff. Um, Some comments and questions from the website and on Facebook. Also uh, some news about uh, Lepster meetups in Moscow, Tokyo and London and various other bits and pieces as well. There's no need to hang around in the introduction here any longer, so I think we should get started. And in fact, the first thing I would like to do is talk about the British Podcast Awards again. Um, Thank you very, 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 very much if you have voted for Luke's English Podcast in the British Podcast Awards. Um, I've had lots of comments on Facebook and on the website saying things like this. I've voted for you. Thank you very much for your podcast. I've voted for you. Done. A lot of people wrote that. Done. You know, voted. Done. Nice one. Um, Thank you very much if you are one of those people and you've voted and you've let me know that you voted. It means a lot. Thank you. Um, If you haven't voted yet, then please consider doing doing it now. The British Podcast Awards includes podcasts from all over the UK, including 
podcasts done by the BBC and, um, you know, some really top quality podcasts that uh, are seriously popular uh, in Britain. So I'm up against some very, very stiff competition uh, here for this award. And so I need every single one of you to vote. Every single one of you. Um, That's right. Every single one of you. So you, that's right, you right now, um, if you are near a computer or if you've got your phone and you're on the internet, uh, please right now go to britishpodcastawards.com slash vote and just vote for Luke's English Podcast, okay? You will make a middle-aged, youngish middle-aged man quite happy if you do that. Um, And the competition closes uh, at um, midnight on the 14th of April, 2017. So basically at 11.59 on the 14th of April 2017, that's when the the, the voting ends. So if you haven't done it already, please do vote. Uh, It would mean a lot to me. What can I say to you to convince you to vote? I think you're probably convinced, but um, I know the number of people who listen to this and the number of like messages I've had um, from people saying that they have voted and the ratio is not it's. I mean, although I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with those of you who have voted. There's still a lot of ninjas out there who I need to activate. So, what can I tell you to, to convince you to vote? If you're thinking, ah, no, I'll just let someone else do it. No, no, everyone else is doing what you're doing. So, if you, if you're one of these people who's like, oh, you know, I don't need to vote because everyone else is going to vote. No, that's exactly what everyone else is saying. There is a select core, hardcore group of people who actually could be bothered to type in britishpodcastawards.com slash vote and they actually voted um, but the vast majority of you are in this camp of like oh I'll just let everyone else do it no that's how that's that's how uh, you know uh, you let evil prosper with that attitude it's like oh you know yeah sure there's um, there are hideous monsters from the from another dimension coming to take over the world but I'll let someone else deal with it not my problem if everyone does that, then the monsters will just completely dominate the Earth. Because, I don't know if you don't know this, but Batman, the X-Men, Superman, the Incredible Hulk, they don't really exist, okay? Um, Alright, that's a strange way for me to try and persuade you to vote for the podcast. I understand that you not voting for the podcast is not exactly the same thing as you letting uh, evil monsters from a, from an interplanetary dimension take over the world i know it's not quite as bad as that but anyway i'm just trying to you know i'm just trying to be persuasive um so um you know if you did vote that could simply be your way of saying thanks um or it could be your way of giving something back to me in return for the work that i've done for you over the years on this podcast but also it would just make me very happy and it would help the podcast a lot so please do consider voting britishpodcastawards.com slash vote uh, and then and uh, vote for luke's english podcast all right nice one by the way i don't know if you can hear any sounds in the background here as i'm recording this there is some music obviously but if i just turn off the music can you hear any street sounds I tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to stop the music for a while, and we'll, we'll just I'll talk to you with no background music because you might be able to hear some of the the, the street sounds and things. Because I'm recording this one outside uh, in the fresh air. Uh, fre- it's not exactly fresh in the polluted air of of Paris, um, with the sun beating down because it's it's quite a nice day. Spring has finally sprung, and here we are. The sun is shining. And uh, it's quite nice. So I'm sitting outside on the uh, 
terrace uh, for this one. There's no camera uh, running this time. Um, recently, I've been doing episodes with videos, but no video for this one. Uh, so it's just for the audio people, which is, I understand, 99% of you. Uh, so that's fine. I can't always video episodes of this podcast for one reason or another. Um, and in this case, uh, I just didn't have the time um, to set it all up. And it just wasn't just wasn't practical. And I just needed I've only got a short, I say a short period of time, I've only got a limited period of time to record this one. So I couldn't, I just couldn't uh, deal with faffing around with all of the video equipment, getting the, 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 the angle correct, setting it up so that it was close enough to a plug so I could get power into the camera because the battery was flat and making sure that the light was right and that I'm not squinting and all these things. No, it's just audio, which is fine. Anyway, um, uh, if you've been enjoying the, the video episode recently, then great. I'm very happy with that. Um, um, as I said, like the, the majority of you are just listening. So when I speak to the video audience, then I understand that's, that's a fairly small um, uh, portion of my audience. But um, I do intend to continue doing video um, recordings of these episodes. I'm not sure exactly how that's going to progress. I might keep uploading them free. I might find some other way to, to get them up. Um, anyway, we'll see. Here's a comment from the website. And it goes like this, and it's 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 related to the British Podcast Awards uh, competition. Um, and it goes like this: uh, this is this is from a listener called Adam, and Adam uh, said this. Hi, Luke. Is it okay if I ask all my family to vote for your podcast? And he he clarifies that he says all my family members. That's my wife and my four children. All my family members hate your podcast because I force them to hear it when we're travelling by car. Regards, Adam. Um, okay, so what Adam is saying is, I guess that the, this is a two, there are two messages in this comment. One message is he's asking if it's okay if his whole family votes uh, for the podcast. Well, of course, Adam, yes, you should force every single one of them to vote um, for my podcast. Of course, you, you should. Um, and um, so, yeah, go ahead. I mean, it's fine. If they're all unique individuals, then they can all vote. Uh, go ahead if they want to. But I say you should force them. I'm just joking, really. Um, you shouldn't force your, anyone to do anything. Um, even listen to this podcast. Because Adam did say there that all his family members hate this podcast because Adam forces them to hear it when they're traveling by car. It sounds to me like Adam basically forces everyone to listen to the podcast when they've got no choice because if adam put it on like on a speaker in the house at least everyone could just leave the room but he waits until they're all in a car moving i imagine with the doors all closed and then he chooses to play them the podcast and they can't escape and i'm just imagining four children all just like oh no not luke's english podcast he, he goes on about chairs and standing and and stupid stuff like that can't we I don't know. Can't we listen to something else? I don't know what your kids would be into, Adam. What the alternative would be. What it is that that they really love. Uh, what do kids really love these days? Oh, I don't know. Um, let me know what your kids would prefer. Maybe I can do an episode on that. Um, an episode about sugar. Because kids love sugar, don't they, Adam? They do. Kids love sugar and they love bright colours. As far as I remember from, from being a child, those were the two things that I was most interested in. Sugar and bright 
colours and preferably brightly coloured sugar. That was the ma- that was my main interest. Um, and I say the bright colours. I just remember, for example, going into shops, supermarkets with my mum or my dad when I was a kid. And I, as a child, I would be scanning the supermarket, scanning the shop, scanning, looking around. My mum would probably be sort of, you know, in a fairly dull area of the shop, looking at boring adult clothes or maybe some, you know, fruit and vegetables. Ugh, how boring. Uh, or other essential uh, sources of uh, food and nutrition. Ugh, boring. That's what I thought as a kid. I'd be scanning the place. And the child's vision, you know, it's basically it picks up colours. And children are very good at just locating the brightly coloured areas in the shop and then just making a beeline for them. And I used to do that. I'd scan the place, find the place with the most brightly coloured stuff and head for that because the chances are that that stuff would be toys or sweets. Um, Okay. sometimes you get it wrong and you end up in a kind of spice area where there are different spices and they're all in multicolored uh, uh, jars and pots and things. And you end up, you know, oh, what are, they? What are they? Is that, a, is that a selection of Star Wars figures? Are those all like R2-D2 and different, R, you know, different droids uh, from the Star Wars universe? And I'd head over and then I'd get there and, oh, no, they're just pots of spice. Oh, God, what a disappointment. Um, so, anyway, the point is that, it, as far as I can tell, children are mainly interested in brightly colored coloured objects, preferably toys, and uh, and sweet things. Uh, brightly coloured uh, sweet toys. Maybe I should do a whole episode about that one day. Um, anyway, Adam, yes, please do ask your family members politely to, to vote for the podcast if they want to. But if you are a member of Adam's family stuck in a car being forced to listen to this right now, I would first of all just like to say sorry that uh, you hate this podcast so much. Um and, uh, and that you've obviously got no choice but to listen to it. And your father is a deeply, deeply evil man. And Adam, if you've got... Well, you, you know, I don't know if you're, any of your children are boys. It does, in fact, it doesn't matter. This could apply to a boy or a girl. Kids, if you, if you uh, have seen the Star Wars movies and you, know, you, you notice the storyline about Darth Vader, this evil person, that's your dad, okay? That, that's what's going on here. Your dad is Darth Vader, He's an evil, evil man, and the next opportunity you get when the car stops, for example, if he stops for fuel or somewhere, run, okay? Just get out of the car, run. Don't run across the road, of course. And please understand, this is just a joke. I'm, I don't really mean this. You shouldn't run away from your family, uh, and you, sh- you certainly shouldn't run in, a, in, a, in an area where there are cars, okay? Don't do that, and please understand, this is just a joke. But when you get the chance... Just make a break for it, okay? Make a break for it. You'll be all right. You'll be able to survive on your own. Um, and, uh, yeah, don't worry. You don't need English in your life. Um, you d- you're not going to need English. Don't worry. So you can just run away from home and forget about, you know, English. Okay. Irony. Um, all right, then. So Adam goes on to say, um, he's, he goes on to say this. P.S. My first episode was 303 years ago. I am from Poland. 303 years ago, 300, what do you think I am? Immortal. Actually, that's a comment that someone else wrote in response to this. What do you, 303 years, Luke isn't immortal. Imagine that if I've been doing this podcast for 303 years. Sometimes it feels like it, doesn't it? 
especially for the children in Adam's car, apparently. Um, imagine. Um, yeah, imagine if I'd started the podcast 303 years ago. That would mean, you know, I started it in the, what, in the, in the 18th century? It would have been all kind of, cor- kind of uh, classical music and old-fashioned English. Ye olde English podcast. Um, anyway, I think what Adam means is that his first episode was episode number 303, which was published a few years ago. Um, and if you remember, episode 303 was all about that Polish squadron of pilots who fought in the Battle of Britain in World War II. And I did an episode all about them. Squadron 303, they were brilliant, uh, brilliant pilots. Anyway, I did a whole episode about them. So I think uh, Adam, that was the first one that Adam listened to. Um, okay, and, and Adam continues by saying, Now I'm completely addicted to your podcast. Do you know how to cure me? Right, Adam, so you're suffering from, from uh, leperholism or Luke's English podcast addiction. And you want to know what the cure is for this. Well, I'm sorry, but there is no cure. LEP addiction is a chronic condition. And unfortunately, there is no known cure. Uh, and it's also unlikely to just go away of its own accord. So, you know, you're stuck with it. Um, you're, a, you're a leperholic and the first thing you've got to do is accept it, okay? That's the first step that you have to make. Maybe I should set up a kind of Leperholics Anonymous. That might help those of you who are suffering from uh, acute uh, uh, Leperholism. Um, maybe Leperholics Anonymous would be good. Can you imagine that? A Leperholics, a Leperholics meeting and Adam could go to it and, you know, imagine people sitting around in a circle and, you know, and the the... the, the the person leading the meeting says, uh, so we've got a, a, a new visitor with us today at Leperholics Anonymous. Um, hello, would you like to introduce yourself? And Adam stands up and he goes, hello, my name's Adam and I'm a leperholic. And everyone everyone applauds and says, hello, Adam. And then the leader says, well done, Adam. Admitting it is the first step to finding some way of managing this addiction. We're all suffering from the same issue here. You're among friends. This is a safe space. You can tell us more, Adam. What has brought you uh, here today, Adam? And Adam continues by saying, I just, I can't stop listening to the podcast. It just feels so good. The sound of the voice, the, the stupid jokes. I know they're stupid jokes, but I just can't help it. Paul Taylor's laugh, it gets me every time. And Amber's voice, it just sounds so lovely. You know, my wife and kids, they just, they don't understand it. And they just, they can't understand my behavior. I, I just don't know what to do. You've got to help me. Um, well, sorry, Adam, there's no known cure for, for uh, LEP addiction. I think you just have to embrace it. You know, if you are an, an addict to this podcast, just embrace it. Just don't, it's, it, it doesn't have to be anything bad because, in fact, one thing is that there are no negative side effects at all, except for the fact that your children and your wife might turn against you and run away from home. Other than that, there are really, and, and, and all the time that you've lost, other than those things, there really is uh, no negative aspect to, to being an, an uh, addict to this podcast. It's a bit like being addicted to oxygen, you know? Like, it's good for It's like being addicted to water. It's something that's not really that bad. In fact, it's quite good for you. Being addicted to vitamin C or something. Um, Yeah, all right then. Fine. Um, Adam wrote me another comment, which I'm going to come back to later on. Here's another message I got just a couple of days ago. And this is an email about transcripts, 
which of this podcast which were found on a train and are they yours okay so um someone found some transcripts of my episodes like a um, a set of photocopied transcripts uh in a ring bound folder someone found them on a on the seat in a train in spain okay are they yours did you lose some transcriptions to this podcast um if, if so, listen carefully. All right, so here's the message. It goes like this. Uh, Hi, I found a paper transcript of your lessons 11 to 20, Men versus Women, to Beware of Bad Pronunciation. Those are the titles of the episodes. Today, in the train in Manresa, Catalonia, Spain. There's no indication whatsoever of who the owner may be. However, since it is a nicely bound copy, I'm using the only option I have to find them. And that means emailing me. Whoever forgot it took the train that reached Manresa from Barcelona at around 9am. That's uh, on Monday, Monday the 27th of March. If you happen to know any teacher, school or college in this area who use your podcasts, I could forward it to them. Yours, (laughs) the person who wrote me the email, you know who you are and keeping your name. um, I'm keeping your name anonymous because you haven't, you know, I'm assuming that you might want to keep it anonymous. I don't know why you would, but uh, rather than assuming that you, you're happy to, for me to publish your name, I'm just keeping it anonymous. Anyway, thank you to you for sending me that email. That's very, very nice of you. And if anyone out there is listening to this who've, who lost some transcripts to this podcast, let me know and uh, we can find some way of getting them back to you. Uh, all right, then. Um, it's quite a silly podcast so far, this episode, isn't it? It's quite a silly episode so far. It's, it's going to get a little bit more serious uh, because this uh, message which, I was, um, which someone sent to me recently is a little bit more serious. All right, so let's come back down to earth again. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit excited because I'm recording an episode of the podcast and the sun is shining. And uh, you know what it's like being English when the sun shines, you go outside. And I've probably had a bit too much sunshine on my head, so I'm just like a little bit carried away. But let's get a little bit more serious now. So um, we can talk a bit about news. Today, right, um, today is the today is the day on which uh, our Prime Minister from the UK um, is signing the letter to trigger Article 50. Um, that's the news from the UK today. Apparently, Theresa May has already signed the letter to trigger Article 50, and so Brexit, the process of Brexit is now underway officially. So all that stuff that's been going on since June, that wasn't Brexit. That was just um, the whole country trying to work out what to do after the referendum result. And, you know, um, cases in, in the High Court about whether or not um, the UK Parliament had a right to vote on, on the, uh, the decision to trigger Article 50 or not. And all this stuff, you, you know the stories because you've probably heard the episodes with my dad. Uh, We've covered the Brexit story um, in some detail, and I do plan to come back to it. It's just all been so kind of uh, ambiguous and weird and complex that uh, uh, I've left the story alone for a while. But um, here it is. Article 50 is being triggered today. Um, and, um, I mean, this, this, for example, what I'm going to read to you now is, is a, a story from uh, a great app, a really good news app called The Weekday. And you can search the App Store. Um, you can get this app for iPhone or 
uh, Android devices, the weekday. And this is what they've written today about this, um, that uh, the waiting is over and now the real work begins. Theresa May has signed the letter that will formally trigger Article 50 of the Lisbon Treaty and start the two-year process of Britain leaving the European Union. Um, and um, Anand Menon, the director of the, U- uh, of the UK in a changing Europe, uh, apparently said this. He said, settling the divorce in such a time frame would be impressive. Agreeing on a comprehensive trade deal would be miraculous. That's what Anand Menon, uh, the director of UK in a changing Europe, said in The Independent. Uh, And that's why Britain will immediately seek agreement from the other 27 European countries to discuss a new trade deal concurrently with talks on the terms under which Britain leaves the bloc. So I guess the first thing is that Britain's going to try to arrange a new trade deal. Um, It's really complicated, but it's happening. And and honestly, um, there's a lot of rhetoric going around. A lot of stuff about how Britain can secure its future as a great nation again and all that stuff. Honestly, I think that uh, our government is going to struggle to make a deal which is um, as good as the one we had when we were, were a member of the EU. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to be really hard to get the same level of, um, of, of advantage that we had before. Oh, dear. Are we gonna, am I going to go into all of this now? I suppose so. The thing is, right, I guess there were two main issues, two main issues about being in the European Union. One of them was that, um, that the single market, okay, that the advantage that we had was that we were part of the single market. That also had disadvantages for some people. The advantage was that we had uh, sort of free trade agreements with uh, the EU, which is great if, if you're, you know, you're doing business because it means that you can trade with the European Union without having to spend a lot of money on, on tr- trade tariffs, you know, taxation. So if, you know, if we want to sell into the European Union, which is honestly our, our biggest market right on our doorstep, to sell our products there uh, is much easier when part of the European Union because, you know, it's, we have a tr- free trade agreement. Uh, similarly, we can buy products from the European Union without having to pay lots of import taxes and all that stuff. Okay, so that's an advantage. But some people thought that it was actually a disadvantage because, as part of this free trade agreement, the UK had to uh, comply with uh, certain regulations and rules that were written by the European Union. Okay, um, and so a lot of people considered that to be um, an infringement of our sovereignty because we essentially had to comply with laws that were written uh, outside of our parliament, all right? So, and people, you know, felt so strongly about this, they felt almost that uh, uh, it was an erosion of democracy, um, that, that that's one of the reasons why um, they voted to, to leave the European Union um, in the referendum. 52% of people did. Just under 52% of people did anyway. That's one of the reasons. Now, the other thing about the free trade um, agreement is that it also includes free movement of people. Um, and uh, this is one of the other big issues in the, um, the referendum, as we know. Uh, it's immigration. And uh, the fact is that uh, for, for one reason or another, plenty of people in the UK felt enough is enough. We've got, we've had enough, we've got enough foreigners here, enough immigrants in this country and they're using the European Union as a as a gateway to come into the country 
Because if anyone can come into the European Union, they can then uh, come through the European Union into the UK, which is not strictly true, to be honest, because we're not part of the Schengen Agreement. We don't have an open border with, with the European Union. So it's not that easy. People can't just stroll in. Um, but um, anyway, people basically wanted more control on immigration and they saw the free trade agreement with its free movement of people as uh, something that needed to be kind of, you know, um, changed. Um, all right. Now, the thing is, the problem is that our government are now attempting to, well, they're going to have to try and negotiate a new agreement, which is somehow better than what the one we had before. And what they're going to try and do is find a way for us to get all the advantages of a, 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 a free market with uh, Europe, you know, where we, we don't have to spend too much on tax to buy and sell from the European Union. Um, and yet with more control over the, the people who can come and go uh, in, into our country. And, you know, good luck to them, basically. I don't know if it's possible to get the, that. Because, anyway, it's, it's so bloody complicated. There, there are other stuff as well, like, for example, the, the fact that um, um, uh, people voted uh, to leave the European Union because they wanted to get more control. This idea of we're taking back control from Europe. Um, now... This question of control is is a is an interesting one because what's what it looks like is going to happen is that um, the government uh, so there's there's a difference between the government and parliament okay uh, parliament is all of the members of parliament uh, all the people in the House of Commons and the House of Lords the whole system including uh, you know the members of the opposition party and all the other parties like the Scottish National Party and all that stuff. All of them, not just the Conservatives, but the uh, Labour Party, Liberal Democrats, uh, Scottish National Party and various others. Uh, and all the people in the House of Lords. That's Parliament. OK. Um, and then the government, obviously, is the, um, uh, the, 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 at this point, the Conservative Party who are uh, basically running the country. So there's, there is a difference between the, the government and Parliament itself. Um, now, what the government would like to do is, um, as we shift uh, away from the European Union is to adopt all of the EU law into uh, English and Welsh law, or let's call it British law, okay? Um, they want to just take all of the European laws and just immediately just transfer them into um, British law. Uh, it's not technically British law. There's actually English and Welsh law and also law for Northern Ireland and no law for Scotland, but let's call it UK law, okay? Okay. Um, all right. Uh, and the problem is there is that uh, that's essentially a big power grab by the government. The government would get the right to amend those laws uh, without having to pass them through Parliament. So it's, a, a, it's, it's not really a great opportunity for Parliament to win control from Europe, but for the government to win control from Europe. And the government is really just a, a small part of Parliament. Of Parliament, you know. So this whole question about we're taking back control, well, we're just moving it from one group of people that we that we're not sure about to another group of people that we're not really sure about. So all that high-minded idealism about taking back control, in practical terms, it's not really as simple as just taking control back. You're just giving control to another group of people, and the Conservatives are they really going to be doing what's best for the average working person in the UK? 
because their policies tend to favor big business and they tend to just sort of leave uh, the poorer people to just struggle for themselves. So that they, that their whole point is that that they they feel like uh, poor, struggling people shouldn't be given too much support as a way of encouraging them to uh, get off their backsides and work. So it's just so bloody complicated. And um, so anyway, I thought I'd mention that. Maybe what I need to do is talk to my dad again about this whole thing and just see what he has to say about it. Uh, because it's a huge story. And, um, you know, we, we it's only just begun, really. The consequences of this referendum result have only just begun. And, um, you know, it remains to be seen what kind of deal uh, the UK's government can can make with the European Union and whether it will actually be beneficial somehow in the long run or whether it's going to kind of be really bad for the country in various ways. It's hard to tell. We don't really know. But it's, again, there's more uncertainty. Stay tuned for, for more info about Brexit and its consequences. Um, There's also a hell of a lot going on in France at the moment because we've got here uh, a presidential election coming up. I did talk to Amber and Paul about this briefly on the podcast just the other day. Um, And well, to be honest, I should do a whole episode about this. Essentially, there are five candidates and the, the candidates are spread across the political spectrum from left to right. And uh, the right, one of the right wing candidates, Marine Le Pen, is currently uh, ahead in the polls, uh, but there are several um, there are several stages to the presidential election. Um, we will see what happens. There's also a lot of corruption scandal going on with um, accusations of corruption, mainly uh, pointing at uh, François Fillon, who is um, another right wing candidate who used to be the favourite before all these uh, these allegations of corruption um, arrived. Um, and um, anyway, it's a, it's a it's a story which is developing quickly, and we will see what happens. But um, I think it's going to come down to um, Marine Le Pen getting through to the second round, and she's probably going to be up against uh, Emmanuel Macron, who is the centrist candidate. He sort of like has this middle way, a bit like Tony Blair back in the '90s. He's kind of young and uh, quite fresh, uh, but we don't really know that much about him at this stage. Uh, but he he takes a centrist position, which is essentially sort of vaguely kind of socially democratic. So he's got a social, he's got a slightly left wing social policy, and a slightly right wing economic policy, which smells like Tony Blair, doesn't it? or Bill Clinton or something. Um, Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, I should do a whole episode about it. But also, of course, last week, in fact, exactly a week ago, because I'm recording this on a Wednesday, exactly a week ago, there was um, a a horrible uh, incident which happened uh, in Westminster in London uh, at uh, the Houses of Parliament. And I'm sure that you noticed it on the news. Um, It's been described as a terrorist attack. Um, Do you know what happened? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, let's see, essentially the story is that um, a man um, drove a car along Westminster Bridge and um, he, um, he, he, was, he decided to drive the car off the road onto the pavement and um, he hit uh, some pedestrians with the car uh, and then um, stopped the car in front of uh, the Houses of Parliament where he got out. He attacked a policeman and stabbed him, stabbed the policeman um, and then he was shot by um, like the police. Um, 
So five people died, including the attacker, and at least 50 people were injured in this in what's being described as a terror attack near the Houses of Parliament on the 22nd of March. That's last week. Um, so, yeah, the car was driving across Westminster Bridge um, at about 20 to 3 in the afternoon. Uh, the car then um, uh, pulled off the road and went onto the pavement, hit a few people. It mounted the pavement, yeah, and it drove around the corner uh, crashed into the railings outside the Houses of Parliament. He attacked a police officer. The police officer was stabbed and, and unfortunately died. Uh, the attacker was then shot by, by the police. 50 people injured, uh, five people killed. Um, and uh, so there you go. That's what happened. So this is complicated. But anyway, I thought I, I just gave you a little summary of what happened there in order to give you some background to the email that I received the other day. And here's the email that I got. Um, and it goes like this. Hello, Luke. I'm a great, great, really great fan of your podcasts. I'm a Spanish teacher of English. I've been recommending your podcast to my students for at least four years. I enjoy, more than enjoy, in fact, I really love your way of explaining things your, and your good sense of humour. Thank you very much. That's very nice of you to say that. But now, she continues by saying, by na- but now I'm quite worried because, as you've probably heard, there's been a terrorist incident in London. My daughter, 16 years old, is visiting London on the 3rd of April and I'm a bit worried. I don't want to be scared by terrorists. I'm a strong woman, but in spite of this, I am aware of the danger. Could you share your thoughts with me uh, or with the Lepsters? Um, thank you in advance. Really grateful for your wonderful podcasts, Anna. Okay, so Anna, basically, uh, her daughter is is traveling to London uh, next week and she's worried. All right. And I guess Anna just wants me to talk about this. Uh, I did reply to Anna saying, saying this. Uh, and I said to Anna, hi, Anna, thanks for your nice comments about my podcast in your message. That's very pleasing to read about the attack in London. Um, Obviously, it's a terrible thing that happened. And I can understand why you're concerned about your daughter. I'm not sure I'm the one who can give you the perfect answer about this, but I'm willing to write my thoughts to you. And in fact, I'm willing to talk about it a little bit now on the podcast. Honestly, I don't really know what to say to you, Anna. I understand that you're worried about your daughter But is London any more dangerous than any other place in Europe at this time? Now, what I mean by that is I don't mean to say that Europe as a whole is like really dangerous, that, that, you know, it's a really dangerous place to be. I don't mean that. I'm just saying that this kind of thing, to be honest, could happen in lots of places. It's not just London. Um, this kind of thing can happen in in you know plenty of places, as we know you know there have been a similar attacks in Brussels, in in Paris, in 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 Nice as well. Nice is not like a really major city in Europe, really. It's certainly not even one of the two biggest cities in France. But there was an attack like this in Nice as well. So I guess that this is a threat in many places, not just in London, but. Having said that, I think that there are, in fact, many more dangerous things than attacks like this. It's very easy to see the news and the nature of the story, which is obviously horrific, 
that someone intentionally did this and the motivations that they you know the motivations behind it are political or you know or ideological or whatever it's a horrific and shocking thing but it's easy to start assuming that the danger is is higher than it really is i mean it's it's easy to lose perspective on something like this because um, there there are in fact more dangerous things going on than attacks like this. For example, in London, Anna's daughter going to London. The chances of Anna being involved in something like this are in fact quite low compared to other things, and other things that have always been there, threats and dangers that have always existed that we don't panic about, which are just part of our normal lives, like crossing the street. So crossing the street or Walking down the street or driving or cycling in London is a lot more dangerous than this. But we continue to do those things because the other choice is to just stay at home and and never live your life, never leave your home, never cross the street. Just live your whole life on one side of the street, which is not practical at all. Um, So my my point is that um, we shouldn't lose perspective. Obviously, this kind of thing is horrific and it's shocking and it does make you scared. But that's kind of the purpose of terrorism. It's to spread terror. And so, you know, we shouldn't really let it affect us too much. That's a little difficult to say because obviously when something like this has happened, you know, you feel obliged to talk about how awful it is and to say things like, you know, how our thoughts and feelings are with the people who were affected by it. And, you know, it must be awful to have lost someone uh, or to be injured or to be uh, in hospital as a result of this. Absolutely hideous, of course. But at the same time, we should try not to be terrorized by these sorts of things. We shouldn't let ourselves give in, give in to panic or give in to fear. Um, and we shouldn't um, exaggerate the threat in our minds. Um, because despite the amount of news coverage and the general fear that we have, terrorist attacks are actually far less frequent and less dangerous now than they were in the past. And if you don't believe me, I've got some statistics for you. How many people are killed by terrorist attacks in the UK and how safe are we? Well, um, I'm reading now from an article I found on The Telegraph that was published Uh, just after the events of last week. And it goes like this. Westminster was brought to a standstill on Wednesday after Khalid Massoud murdered four people, including a police officer guarding Parliament. Prime Minister Theresa May, who said the attacker was known to police, vowed that we are not afraid and our resolve will never waver in the face of terrorism. But despite this latest attack, relatively few people have been killed by terrorist attacks in the UK in recent years. Um, security services are obviously doing a fantastic job and they've managed to stop 12 plots in the last 18 months according to Dominic Grieve, Chair of Parliament's Intelligence and Security Committee Partly because of this, the number of people killed by acts of terrorism has remained low compared to other countries with 13 people dying because of terrorism in the UK since 2010 And also... Terror is killing far fewer people in the UK now than it was in the past, for example, in the 1980s. And there are some statistics here. Um, For example, 1988, let's see how many people, uh, over 350 people were killed by terrorism in the UK. And that's mainly because of the Lockerbie bombing, 
which uh, in which a, a commercial uh, plane was was bombed and it crashed it crashed in onto a town in Scotland called Lockerbie, killing everyone on the plane and killing a lot of people on the ground. An absolutely horrific, horrific attack. But also before that, I mean, in, in many in, in the years preceding that as well, and certainly in the early 1970s, uh, terrorism was much higher than it is today. I mean, the number of deaths from terrorism uh, were much higher than they, than they are now. For example, 1972, 353 people were killed. Um, now, to be honest, most of that occurred in Northern Ireland as a result of the, the troubles, uh, you know, the fighting between the IRA and other factions in, in, uh, in Northern Ireland. But um, a, a lot of those attacks by the IRA took place in the UK as well. Um, and um, so compared to the number of people killed by the IRA or by other terrorist groups, involved in the, the troubles in Northern Ireland or relating to Northern Ireland. Um, compared to those numbers, the numbers today are, are much, much lower. Uh, in 2005 in London, 52 people were killed in the horrific uh, um, bombings of, of public transport systems in 2005. But it's been pretty minimal since then, except for last week. So if you look at the statistics as a whole, it seems that actually... The number of deaths today is way lower than it was in the 70s and 80s. Um, Okay, so I don't know. Does that put it into perspective a little bit? Now, I'm not an expert on security or policing. I'm just a guy whose podcast you listen to. So you can take it or leave it, Anna. Uh, I have no influence over what you choose to do. But the message that's coming from the people of London, and I've, this is from like uh, the stuff I've seen online and also things my friends and family have been saying to me, the message that's coming from London since this attack is that everyone should just keep calm and carry on, uh, which means that we don't panic, we don't let terror stop us from living our lives, and we just continue as normal. Because if we don't, if we stay indoors and we don't live our lives, then essentially the terrorists win. Now, I don't know if this email or this message helps you at all. I don't know if it brings you any comfort or confidence. If it does, then I'm glad. But whatever you decide to do, I hope that you and your daughter have a good time doing it. And if she stays in Spain, if she chooses to stay in Spain, I hope that you do something fun and that you enjoy your time because we all have to make sure we carry on enjoying ourselves despite the efforts of people who want us to live in fear. So keep calm and carry on. Um, this is all a bit serious and heavy. And obviously, I'm aware that whenever I talk about issues like this, that there might be, I don't know, conflicting viewpoints. I don't know how you feel about it. There are different viewpoints. Some people sympathize with the attacker, don't they? Some people say, well, the attacker wouldn't be doing this kind of thing if our countries weren't involved in conflicts um, you know, in, in other countries and that we're, we're also guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that we're not, I'm not saying that. Um, all I'm saying is that should we be scared and should we live in fear? Uh, I, I don't, I don't think so. <sighs> I mean, but who am I to say? I mean, I'm just a podcaster. I don't know, do I? Um, and to be honest, I wondered whether I should talk about this subject. I did. And I've been wary of talking about politics or this kind of thing instead choosing to talk about the stuff that I know about, which is 
teaching English and uh, the you know the bits of popular culture, the pop culture stuff I like to talk about. It's not necessarily my job to comment on every single event of this nature. So you know, I I should I don't feel obliged to talk about this kind of thing whenever it happens, and I and I and I probably won't. Uh, but I just thought I'd mention it today, um, just because of that email from Anna. Also, I'm wary, meaning I'm I'm um, concerned about being part of a culture which sort of normalises a certain kind of ritual in response to this kind of thing. Like I'm I'm a bit sort of um, sceptical about that or I'm concerned concerned about doing that. For example, I don't want to do the typical things which become the normal ritual. Just saying, you know, all, you see all the celebrities saying it, like my thoughts are with the victims or pray for London. Now, obviously, an attack is terrible. And I do feel bad for the people who lost loved ones. But I think our reactions to this kind of thing can be quite unhelpful or even counterproductive sometimes. Like, first of all, this kind of thing, these kinds of attacks happen all the time in many places around the world in in much more serious ways and they get totally ignored. And yet when it happens in somewhere like London or in France or something, that's when, you know, everyone, all the celebs come out and say pray for London or pray for Paris I don't know. I'm just I feel a little bit uncomfortable about that considering similar things are happening in plenty of other places and no one's talking about it. Secondly, just saying pray for London doesn't really achieve that much, does it? I mean, what's the what's the outcome of of saying pray for London? I don't know if that makes any difference. Um and also giving all of that media attention to an attack like this seems to just encourage people to do this kind of thing. Maybe it just encourages people. You know, when the news coverage on the TV, um, on the day of the attack and the days afterwards, it was just rolling coverage of the attack, just repeating the same information again and again and again. All this time and effort and all this um, sensationalism around the, the event. I get the impression that if you're the kind of person out there who was... Uh, I don't know that I don't know what was going through the mind of the guy who did this. I don't know whether it was a, a purely rational act or if it was an expression of desperation or if he was mentally ill or if he was being if he'd been brainwashed by the ideology or whether he uh, com- was completely uh, in charge of his own senses. Um, I don't know, but uh, I, I think that um, giving it all this media coverage and kind of making the guy infamous. Um, I, I don't know if that helps. It might even encourage, you know. Um, and spending too much time focusing on the story just increases the damage, doesn't it? It just raises everyone's fears. It makes people feel like it's much more of a threat than it really is. Um, you know, that why doesn't the media spend more time or spend similar amounts of time covering stories which are actually a greater threat to us, like uh, the levels of pollution, which... Uh, accounts for many more deaths per year. Uh, pollution in big cities kills more people every year. Uh, certainly, in, you know, in Paris and London. Uh, what about road safety or drinking and driving? These these things kill more people. Why doesn't the the media spend more time focusing on those things? Uh, I feel like just spending so much time on on acts of terrorism increases the damage. Now, the thing is, of course, that we think, well, it's a threat. It's such a big threat. It's so serious. It poses a big threat to our way of life. 
Well, um, yeah, maybe it does. Maybe it does. I just, I just wonder whether all of this media coverage is really helping to solve the problem. Um, the more importance we give to it, the more impact it has. Now, there's a lot of stuff flying around about religious reasons for, for this attack, or that it's a symptom of a society that's not looking after its people. You know, there are different views, different responses to this, like some people saying it's radical Islam, it needs to be stamped out, or, it, or other people are just saying it's Islam in general, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, it poisons everything, it's just the, the influence of religion. Not my views, just views that some people are expressing. Also, some people are saying things like this, that this is just a symptom of the conservative government's policies of austerity, of, of uh, cutting back on public services, leading to, you know, people feeling helpless. And, um, and if you ignore working people or if you ignore communities, that it causes people to do crazy things and, and they, they feel alienated. And as a result, they become desperate and they re- resort to doing terrible things like this, that maybe it's, the, it's our government's fault. You know, all these different opinions. Now, I don't know why this guy did it. I don't know what the reasons are. I'm not quite sure where I stand all of it on all of this. I don't really know who's to blame uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, whether it's him as an individual, if he's been brainwashed by a dangerous ideology, um, to what extent, um, you know, we're all somehow involved in this. I don't know. It's just so complicated. But I, I'd, I hope it's possible to keep things in proportion. I don't really want to talk any more about the guy who did it or what happened. I, I you know, I just would like us to think about our reactions to it. Uh, and the, you know, the fact that there are more dangerous things in London, like traffic and, and pollution, alcohol abuse, smoking. Anyway, there you go. That's my response. Um, I could keep talking about it. I'm not going to, but there you go, Anna. I, I hope that uh, you feel like I've done a fairly good job of talking about it i'm just rambling on now but there you are all right oh am i going to publish this i don't know i don't know if i'm going to publish this folks i really don't if i have published this then it's not without reservation because you know i try my best to to make this podcast right i try and make it good uh what does that mean um I mean, the main purpose of this, as I've written in, in aims for the podcast before, is to help you learn English. And sometimes I just talk about subjects without really teaching you things specifically. Um, and sometimes I say stupid things and sometimes I talk, try to talk about serious things. Um, I don't feel completely comfortable about it um, because um, I kind of think, what's is it my job to talk about that kind of stuff? And... To, to try and deal with a subject that's so big, I mean, the chances are that I've got something wrong, that I've missed some aspect of the story, that uh, uh, I haven't quite looked at it from the right point of view. Um, and also, whenever you talk about uh, religion or politics, that rubs some people up, up the wrong way. You know that old rule, you should never discuss religion and politics because it just causes arguments and things like that. So I'm a bit skeptical about whether I should publish this kind of thing. Plus, I didn't get to talk about everything I wanted to talk about. I spent so long rambling about chairs and standing up and then going on about um, the the attack in Westminster and talking about Brexit that I didn't get to talk about um, 
Luke's English podcast meetups, which is the next thing on my agenda here. Now, I wonder if anyone is actually still listening to this or whether you've given up because it all got a bit repetitive and a bit serious. I don't know. But anyway, I imagine that the hardcore listeners are still there, in which case, good for you, because uh, you're the people that uh, I guess I'm talking to, really. Um, And uh, so... Here's, here are some messages about meetups, and not just meetups in, in Moscow and Tokyo, but also potentially a meetup in London. And that's what we're going to start with. Um, so let's see, let's see, let's see. So, okay, here's a message from a listener from Turkey. And this is Betul from, L- from Turkey. Betul, I've probably pronounced your name all wrong, but apparently you're living in London, so you must be used to it. I'm sure that everyone around you in the UK pronounces your name wrong anyway, uh, so uh, I can just join the club, can't I? Anyway, so um, Betul writes this. Hi, Luke. This is Betul from London, originally from Turkey. I was in Paris last week. I remembered the episode you were recording when strolling around Montmartre. It was before the Brexit referendum, and you asked the opinions of people on the street. Um, do you remember that, folks? I don't know if you listened to that. It was um, from June of last year. There was a music festival which happens every year in France, uh, Fête de la Musique. And I walked around Montmartre, which is this lovely area ni- uh, in Paris, not far from where I live. I walked around recording an episode while walking around and I met some people and uh, asked them what they thought about Brexit. Um, so that's what uh, Betul is referring to here. Um, And he said, I would have been really happy to be one of those people that you talk to. If you schedule a meeting for Lepsters or a stand-up comedy show in London, I'd really like to join for sure. And I believe that there are so many Lepsters out there who would like to meet you. Lots of love. Um, Well, um, Betul, I've got no plans to attend a Lepster meeting in London at this moment, but you should have let me know that you were in Paris because that's where I live. I don't know if you realise that. I do live here in, in Paris. So you should have let me know that you were here because I could have uh, told you about a comedy show. You could have attended one of my shows um, uh, because I do comedy performances here quite regularly. In fact, last Saturday I did one and I met a Lepster there called Diego from Italy. Hello, Diego, if you're listening. Uh, if you're not listening, then no hello. But uh, if you are listening, then hello. Okay. Uh, Diego is a really nice guy. Um, and he came to one of our shows and he saw Rob and Amber and Tom Morton and me performing comedy. And then he spent quite a long time afterwards talking to Amber. So Diego actually got some one-to-one conversation with Amber, uh, the, the, the girl with the loveliest voice in the universe. Uh, so that was nice. And uh, Diego was a lovely guy. It was nice to meet him. So if you're ever in Paris, uh, just remember that you could come and see me perform comedy. And to get updates of my performances, just check uh, my Facebook page for uh, my comedy stuff. So I actually have a page on Facebook for my comedy stuff, and it's called Luke Thompson Comedy. Luke Thompson Comedy. Luke, uh, L-U-K-E, Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. Uh, comedy. Um, and check that on Facebook. And uh, not many people know about it, but that's where I uh, post details of my upcoming performances. And that's where you can find out uh, the details of my shows and you can come and see them and see the show and probably say hello to me afterwards. Um, I still encourage everyone to get together in their own meetups without me, of course. 
uh, because it's good for your English and you could make some good friends while doing it. And on that note, here's a message from Mo um, from a while ago. And Mo wrote this to me. He said, hi, everyone. Well, he wrote to everyone, not just me. I think this was a comment on the website. He said, first of all, can I say, you look great, Luke. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks very much. I think that's a message under one of the ones with a video recently. Uh, thanks a lot, Mo. That's nice of you. Uh, secondly, just listening and seeing the Moscow Lepster get together, I thought it would be amazing an amazing idea for a London Lepster version. All right. So if you're a Lepster living in London, listen up because Mo is interested in, in, in organising a meeting for London-based Lepsters. So Mo continues by saying, London is an amazing multicultural city and there are people who are from all over the world. Uh, we could learn one or two uh, things from each other whilst improving our English. Um, I know there are lots of Lepsters in London, so guys, get in touch with me and we can arrange something. And I wrote back to Mo saying, uh, Mo, what you should do is uh, create an event, like organize a time and a place to do this, create an event, let me know the time and the place, and then I can publish, um, you know, a, a, an announcement for it on the website uh, in the podcast. And that's what I'm doing here. Uh, and so I said that to Mo and he replied to me uh, later on saying this saying, Hi Luke, I'm happy to say that I've finally managed to organise a time and a place for a London Lepster get-together. The time is Saturday the 8th of April at 1 o'clock p.m. And I chose this time because it's in the Easter holiday. And I'm assuming that most of the people are going to be on a break. Uh, I guess he's assuming that people will have the time to, to meet up. The place is Costa Coffee and the address is 33 to 34 Rathbone Place, Fitzrovia, London, W1T1JN. It's just off Oxford Street. The nearest station is Tottenham Court Road Station. For any inquiries, they can send me an email on bail2003 at hotmail.com. Bail2003 at hotmail.com. B-A-Y-L-E 2003 at hotmail.com. Um... Okay, so there you go, London Lepsters. Did you hear that? Uh, Mo has organised a meeting for London-based Lepsters um, on uh, the Saturday, the eighth of April, at one o'clock p.m. in Costa Coffee, um, thirty-three to thirty-four Rathbone Place, Fitzrovia, London, just off Oxford Street, near Tottenham Court Road station. Um, and uh, you can email him at. B-A-Y-L-E-2003 at hotmail.com. Fitzrovia, that's one of my favourite parts of London, I have to say. I love Fitzrovia. Just north of Soho, just to the west of Tottenham Court Road. Um, and uh, when I lived in London, I used to hang out there quite a lot on Friday nights, drinking in the pubs in the area. And we used to go to a club there called um, uh, The Social on a Friday and Saturday night. They used to have a really good scar night at the social um, in that area, not far from, um, I think it was far from, it was near Googe Street Station. Anyway, Fitzrovia is a great place, a really good place to meet up. Uh, okay, London Lepsters, Costa Coffee, um, 33 to 34 Rathbone Place, 8th of April at 1 o'clock p.m. All right, cool. Let me know how it goes. I hope that a few of you get together there. Let me know how it goes. Um, and, um, oh, by the way, um, 
Mo is going to be wearing a Luke's English Podcast t-shirt. That's how you'll recognise him. He'll be wearing a Luke's English Podcast t-shirt. Uh, so, you know, watch out for someone in someone looking really awesome and cool in a Luke's English Podcast t-shirt. Okay. Right. Continuing the subject of uh, Lepster meetups, here's a report from Tokyo. And the subject of this message is, we had uh, the third meeting in Tokyo. And this is a message from Hideki Kanazawa. And Hideki says, hello, Luke, how have you been? I've been all right, Hideki. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking. Um, Thank you for announcing our meetup event on your episode. Actually, yesterday, we had another meeting in Shinjuku. This time, five people came. Five people. Amazing. How many people do I have in... uh, in the Tokyo area listening to this. How many people are there? Let me give you an indication of the number of people listening to this podcast in the Tokyo area right now. I'm trying to find my stats for uh, this podcast. Where the hell are the stats? Why don't? Why can't I find them? According to my stats, in the last 30 days, I've had uh, about 55,000 uh, listens in the Tokyo area. About 55,000 listens in the Tokyo area in the last uh, 30 days. So what? how many people are there in Tokyo that listen to this podcast? And how many people actually met up? It's a tiny, tiny portion. Uh, anyway, five of them met up. Five of you guys met up. So well done to you for being outgoing enough to meet up with each other and speak English. And uh, Hideki says this. He said, we talked about general stuff, how we found your podcast, favorite episodes, Lepsters in Moscow, and so on. And also, because we heard that you're coming to Japan in April, we were thinking maybe when you are in Japan, we can have another meeting with you. Probably you're busy, but it would be great if you could join us. Also, we're very interested in your stage show in Tokyo. Basically, we were excited that you're coming to Japan. Anyway, if you have any questions or needs about Japan, please contact us. We're happy to help. Cheers, Hideki Kanazawa. Hello, Hideki, and hello to uh, the, the, five, the four other people that you were with at that meeting. Um, yes, that's right. I will be in Japan in April. In fact, we're currently kind of gearing up for the, sh- for the holiday and, you know, planning the trip and all that stuff. And uh, we're really, really excited. Uh, my wife and me, we're really, really excited. I haven't been back to Japan since 2005. Uh, bloody hell, 2005. Is it really that long? Um, and um, so I can't wait to go back and I'm, I'm really excited to go and see some of the places I used to know and just generally soak up the atmosphere and enjoy that delicious proper Japanese food and hopefully, hopefully, hopefully see some uh, cherry blossom uh, because uh, it should be cherry blossom season. Um, it's very difficult to see the cherry blossom because it usually lasts for just a few days really, just about a week, maybe less than that. The cherry blossom usually comes out at the beginning of April. We'll be there in the second week of April. So fingers crossed there will still be some cherry blossom to enjoy um, and uh, and that kind of thing. So we're really, really looking forward to it. The thing is that it's going to be a very busy trip because we don't have a lot of time. We've only got a, about a week to enjoy there. Um, and um, so we're, we're going to see some friends of mine and uh, also do some sightseeing in Kyoto and in, in, in Tokyo and some other areas that I know. Um, 
there's not a hell of a lot of time and it's a holiday for us. So that means that most of the time will be spent doing holiday type things, private kind of stuff. Uh, but um, I'm trying to fix something on Thursday, the 18th of April, somewhere in the Tokyo area. Now, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking at doing a stand-up comedy stage performance in Tokyo somewhere on Thursday, the 13th of April. But it's not been fixed yet. Um, okay, it's not confirmed yet. So just watch this space. I'd say pay attention to my Facebook page because if I do organize something, it's going to go up on there. Okay. Um, so if something does happen, it'll be a stand-up comedy performance, which you would be able to come to. And it would probably be me and a few other people that I know uh, doing some 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 comedy on stage. Uh, but I will let you know if we organize something. All right. Um, so there you go. Uh, oh, did I have some stuff about Moscow meetups? There continue to be meetups with uh, Lepsters in Moscow. They're still getting together every Sunday. And I, I believe Fridays now as well. And if you want to find out the details, you should check on Facebook. Uh, what's it called? LEP... Um, it's it's called Lepster's Moscow Conversational Club. Lepster's Moscow Conversational Club on Facebook. Check it out. You can join the group and then you can see when the meetings take place and they get together. They're a cool group of friendly uh, Lepsters living in Moscow. They like to get together and they talk uh, about all sorts of things. They watch movies in English. Uh, they play games in English and stuff like that. They're a group of like-minded people and they're very friendly and everyone's welcome to join them so check out lepster's moscow conversational club on facebook and you can see all the updates of all their events um, also st petersburg has its own lepster's conversational club as well so it's spread from moscow to st petersburg now it's like it's kind of like zombies but good all right it's like zombies but good you know the way zombies spread but in a good way it's you know like there aren't there, that doesn't exist, does it? You, there are no things that are like good zombies. Okay, it's a it's a terrible analogy. Forget about it. Okay, never mind, never mind that. All right, never mind the analogy. It's just it was just a stupid joke. But let's forget about that. Uh, good zombies. What are you talking about? Um, anyway, St. Petersburg have a conversational club as well, and they also have a page on Facebook, and it's S P S P P for police, uh, S P B. B for, uh, oh God, what's B for? B for um, uh, biochemistry. B for biohazard and P for police. So uh, SPB, Lepster's Conversational Club on Facebook and you can find out when they're meeting in St. Petersburg. Also, there's a, um, a Facebook page, a group for uh, LEP meeting in Tokyo. You can find that one as well. Um, and so get together with some like-minded people, practice English, make friends and all that stuff. It's a really good idea. Um, Okie dokie. What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. I had another message from Adam that I wanted to, to read out to you because I enjoyed it. Um, it could be a nice way to end this episode. So Adam, who is the person who wrote to me earlier on talking about how he's an, an addict to this show and how his family hates me. Um, Adam uh, wrote to me again saying this. He said, uh, Hi Luke, 
Um, and he's actually referring to the story that you heard in, in uh, the previous episode of this podcast, the one about um, the guy, Jan Struve, who was listening to the podcast while driving and he got distracted because he was so absorbed by how fascinating it was. And he ended up missing his turning and he drove for 60 kilometers in the wrong direction, right? So this is a reference to, to that story. So Adam says this, Hi Luke, when you were reading... Uh, the story about the person driving 35 kilometers from home to work. Uh, I, I, I was thinking it is my story because I have exactly 35 kilometers between home and work. The only problem is I couldn't remember when I was telling the story. In fact, it wasn't me, but it could happen to me also. All right, so apparently that's exactly the same experience that Adam has. Um, and Adam says, due to my job, I drive quite a lot. And since I listen to your podcast while I drive, the time and distance seem to be compressed. Okay, instead of saying I was driving for six hours, I could say I was driving for five of Luke's podcasts. Okay, so Adam is measuring his distance, his driving distance by the number of podcasts he can listen to in the journey. So instead of saying I was driving for six hours, he could say I was driving for five Luke's podcasts. And to make you immortal, which uh, is a reference to that 303 years error that he made before, to make you immortal, thank you, Adam, thanks for making me immortal. Uh, to make you immortal, I have a proposal uh, to define a new unit of measurement, uh, a new unit of distance or time. All right, you're following this, everyone. So Adam's got this new uh, proposal for a new unit of distance or time, and he's going to call it a Luke. And Adam says, you would be among Joule, Newton and Watt, etc., in having a new unit uh, of measurement named after you. Wow, that would be good. Adam continues by saying... I will propose to the International Bureau of Weights and Measures the following definitions. So, definition number one. One Luke is the average time of the first 100 podcasts. It's equivalent to about 75 minutes. So, by that definition, a Luke is a unit of 75 minutes. So, it's a measurement of time. Okay, for example, um, how long's the journey? Oh, it's, you know, it's about one Luke. Oh, okay, then. Fine. Uh, do you mind if I just pop to the toilet first, then? Uh, so the journey's about... It's about one Luke. It's about 75 minutes, for example. Or, one Luke is the distance which can be covered during 75 minutes while driving with a constant speed of 130 kilometres an hour. Is that how fast you drive, Adam? Is that your average speed when you're driving while listening to my podcast? Bloody hell. What are you? Like, Night Rider or something? Uh, what is it? The Fast and the Furious... Fast and Furious, like, 10 or something. Um, anyway, if you drive for 75 minutes at a constant speed of 130 kilometres, the distance that you travel is equivalent to 162.5 kilometres. And that distance is known as a luke. So, essentially, a luke is the distance that you travel in 75 minutes while going a constant speed of 130 kilometers an hour. So in this new unit, uh, according to Adam, he says, I need to travel about 0.4 lukes 
in order to get to work. What do you think about this idea? Regards, Adam. Well, obviously, I think it's a brilliant idea. Naturally, I think it's a wonderful idea that you would create a new unit of measurement that either could be used to measure time or distance and uh, that it's named after me. Obviously, I'd be completely flattered. Um, so it's either a measure of time or distance. For example, like, um, excuse me, is Stonehenge far from here? How long would how long would it take to drive to Stonehenge from here? Yeah, it is quite far. It's about three lukes away. Oh, OK. For example, you know, according to these definitions, the UK in length is about 6.5 lukes. It's about 6.5 lukes long, the, the UK. Tokyo, the distance from Tokyo to Paris is nearly 60 lukes. And by this definition, Star Wars, the film, is about 1.6 lukes long. And a football match, the av- uh, a football match including uh, half-time, the 15-minute break in half-time, a football match is about 1.4 lukes long, etc. So I quite like that idea that you've created a new unit of measurement and it's named after me. So I would like to just ask everybody... Um, uh, a question, which is, how far in Luke's do you travel to work or college every day? So how far in Luke's do you travel? So do you travel, like, is it a full Luke to get to work or is it like half a Luke? What's, how far do you have to travel to get to work or college every day in Luke's? Let, let us know in the comments section. That's basically it for this episode. I'm going to turn the volume up on the sound again. Uh, as you'd imagine you would do with sound, because what else can you turn the volume up on on anything else other than sound? Well, I, I don't know, anyway. So just at, just at the end of the episode, let's have a bit of music then. Thank you so much for listening to this really, really rambly episode of Luke's English Podcast. I mean, I, I don't do episodes like this all the time, do I? So if you if you're one of those people who's thinking bloody hell this is a bit all over the place this episode then you know first of all well sorry but you know I can't please all the people all the time etc but also you know uh, I can't always put in tons of preparation yeah whatever Luke whatever never explain never apologise yes that's a good policy alright never explain never apologise so I will I refuse to explain or apologise okay sorry yeah. All right. So um, let's see. Just a few things to say at the end of the episode. Thank you very much for paying attention all the way through to the end here. If you are driving, then just pay attention to the route uh, and just uh, make sure that you, you're you on the right road and all that kind of thing and that, uh, yeah, you're fully conscious. Don't forget to vote for Luke's English Podcast in the uh, British Podcast Awards. It would really be fantastic if you did that. Uh, do it right now if you haven't done it already. BritishPodcastAwards.com slash vote. Um, join the mailing list on my website. That's the easiest way to get access to the page for every episode and also to get a notification when new episodes get uh, published. And um, if you are a member of the mailing list, then recently you would have received emails letting you know, letting you know about some other content that I put on the website lately because there have been four things recently that have gone on the website that you won't know about unless you are a regular visitor to the website or you're subscribed to the mailing list. Four things. Three interviews with me 
uh, and uh, Zdenek Lukas from uh, Zdenek's English Podcast. He interviewed me and we had a very long conversation that covered lots and lots of things and he turned it into actually four episodes of his podcast. Three episodes of conversation and one episode of language analysis, which was really good. Was it one episode or two? I don't know. Anyway, I can't remember. But there's four, three or four episodes made by Zdenek uh, some conversation between us about English teaching, about the benefits uh, or the the, the, the the relative merits of being a non-native English-speaking teacher of English versus being a native English-speaking teacher of English, um, the, our experiences of taking the Delta qualification, which was really, really tough, and also various other little bits of... Um, behind-the-scenes commentary about uh, recording episodes of this podcast, including, for example, how I felt while recording uh, The Pink Gorilla Story 2 and The Pink Gorilla Story 1, because those are episodes that Zdenek really enjoys. So uh, we talked about that. And based on the conversations uh, that that I had with Zdenek, um, he created two language analysis episodes, which are really great and brilliant. And I think you should listen to them. And if you if you don't listen to Zdenek's podcast or you're not subscribed to my website mailing list, you won't know about those things. So check it out on uh, the website and you can find those in the archive. But if you don't want to miss that kind of thing, then join the mailing list. The other thing that was um, published on my site recently that you won't know about unless you are a member of the mailing list is um, an interview I did with um, uh, Daniel Goodson on his podcast, Um, which is called My Fluent Podcast. And I talked to Daniel about learning French and all of my excuses for uh, my French and my experiences of trying to improve my French. Um, And so you can can listen to that as well. uh, Daniel's podcast is lovely and um, he's got some interesting things to say about the process of language learning. Um, So check it out too. So join the mailing list and then you will receive an email in your inbox whenever I upload episodes of the podcast, but also other content that you might also enjoy. Um, Check the website for the archive and for other bonus material, as I said. Uh, Like the Facebook page for Luke's English Podcast and also like my Facebook page for Luke Thompson Comedy because that's where you'll find details of my upcoming stand-up performances. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, More videos will uh, be uploaded there at some point. Follow me on Twitter at English Podcast. And also, finally, don't forget to be awesome. Okay, don't forget to be awesome. I don't know how you could forget to be awesome. Um, You wouldn't, would you? You would not forget to be awesome. Of course you wouldn't. Okay. This music you can hear in the background. I made this uh, on my computer with my brother. I would say that we made it together, but to be honest, he, he spent most of the time sitting in a chair, nodding his head while I kind of put the music down. Um, and it's kind of garage band keyboard samples, so me playing the keyboard and garage band drums and uh, some bass guitar. Don't forget also that you can find a Spotify playlist for Luke's English Podcast. 
If you use Spotify to listen to music, like many people do, uh, you might be interested in the Luke's English Podcast uh, playlist. Just go to Spotify and search playlists for LEP... What's it called now? What's the... um, what, What did I call it? I called it the LEP Music Playlist. Music for fans of Luke's English Podcast. So if you search Spotify for Luke's English Podcast, uh, you should find... I think you can find all the episodes there, but you can also find the playlist. And you'll see that there's a huge selection of music there. And it's all music that I've talked about or I've made some reference to on the podcast uh, before. And it's music that you might like. Okay, this really is the end of the episode. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Speak to you again soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.